Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. What are some ways you can support your writing and add fuel to your creative energy? How can you come to the page invigorated, inspired, in full-on flow? On today's episode of Writer Unleashed, I'll give you five ways to improve your writing that have nothing to do with writing. Stay tuned. Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Pinuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach. And each week, we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. When it comes to unleashing our best, most potent writing, it's not only about the hours we have, it's the quality of mind and body we bring to those hours. There's the skill of writing, and then there's our physiological, mental, and emotional state. Ultimately, you can't separate them. So here are some ways to improve your writing that have nothing to do with writing. Number one, Do things that bring you deep joy. It could be as simple as dancing to your favorite music or having friends over for dinner Saturday night on the deck. At some point on our road to adulthood, we buy into this idea that fun and pleasure is frivolous. It's non-productive, and sometimes we even believe it's fiscally irresponsible. So too often, we don't give ourselves permission to do things for the sheer joy of doing them. But in my experience, joy is not a mere luxury. It's non-negotiable. Because when we're aligned with what truly delights us, we're in flow. That blissful feeling when time is irrelevant, when we lose ourselves and simultaneously connect on the deepest level to who we are. Even small things that align us with our pleasure centers have been scientifically proven to be vital, not only to our overall happiness, but to our emotional and physical survival. Joy fuels our creative momentum. It infuses us with energy and it boosts our immune system. Robert Holden, author of Shift Happens, believes when it comes to our quest for success, we have it all backwards. We often rely on external achievements to create our happiness, the finished novel, the publishing contract, or the promotion at work. 
we long for hitting those apexes of success so we can finally say we've arrived. But he believes that if we commit to our happiness, we will increase our chances for success. Now, the myth of the tortured artist is just that, a myth. Studies on the link between mood and creativity show that people are most creative when they're happy and positive. Depression and bipolar disorders and anxiety, all of that decrease creativity. It suppresses the frontal lobe of your brain. So what lights you up? Long chats with friends, Argentine tango dancing, playing piano, travel, long distance running, eating fresh, luscious food, art projects with your kids, more intimacy with your spouse. Would leaving your spouse make space for more happiness in your life? Make a list. I guarantee that if you make joy one of the top priorities in your life, you'll write better. Number two, eat healthy. One of the best consistent actions I know of to support my writing is to nourish my body with nutrient-dense whole food. That means eliminating or at the very least minimizing processed food. Now, I know when I don't eat healthy, I pay the price with low energy, sluggish mental state, and less motivation. Our creative output is only as good as our input. The wrong foods cause stress in the body and stress in the mind, which leads to creative depletion. High-quality, nutrient-dense whole food helps us vibrate at a higher frequency. It regulates mood and stabilizes our blood sugar throughout the day. It keeps us optimistic and insanely productive. Eating well is not rocket science. Just eat real food. Vegetables, leafy greens, fruits, whole grains, fish and meat. Ideally, plants make up a large portion of your plate. Michael Pollan offers some very good rules of thumb. Don't eat anything your great-grandmother wouldn't recognize as food or anything with more than five ingredients or ingredients you can't pronounce. Number three, make sleep a priority. Maintaining creative momentum when we're sluggish is a steep uphill battle And if we're chronically sleep-deprived, we raise our anxiety levels and we're more vulnerable to a whole assortment of short and long-term illnesses. Sleep makes everything better. It boosts our immune system, keeps us positive, and able to take on daily stress with poise and grace. Now, I've struggled on and off with insomnia my whole life, especially now that I'm a parent, My mind and body is often still revved up at bedtime. Unless I take proactive steps to power down, I can lay in the dark for hours with thoughts racing towards tasks that have yet to be done. So I have a conscious set of rituals that help me transition from a turbocharged day to restful, restorative sleep. And here's what works for me. I strive to be in bed weeknights by 10 p.m., so I shut off my computer by 5 p.m., and that's because texting with an hour of sleep or checking email, working late on the computer, watching TV within an hour of bedtime wreaks havoc on my sleep. 
That's because there's a blue light that they admit um, that it suppresses melatonin, and that's the hormone which regulates sleep and wake cycles. Now, when deadlines call and I must work late at the computer or answer emails because there's something urgent going on or I need to be texting on my phone, I have an app that allows my screen color display to adapt to the time of day that makes it increasingly warmer at night so that my melatonin isn't disrupted. So you want to make your bedroom your sanctuary. No televisions, no clutter. The darker, the better. Keep smartphones, if you can, on charge in a separate room. And wake up earlier, an hour earlier, better yet too. Laura Vanderkam did a fascinating study of what the most successful people do while most of us are still sound asleep. And the consistent finding is they they do plenty. They get a jump start on their workout, for example. They plan and prioritize their day, or they spend the first hour writing their book. Now, for years, I was a night owl, and I was conditioned from years as a ballroom dance studio owner and late-night dancer performer. So even years after I'd retired from professional dancing, I typically stayed up until 1 a.m. or so, and I woke around 10.30 a.m. Now, when I had a baby, all that changed, of course. By the time my kid was three years old, I knew that if I didn't recondition myself to wake up earlier, I wasn't going to get any writing done because once he was up, all bets were off. Now, these days, more mornings than not, I naturally wake up around between 5 and 5.30 a.m. And that gives me a good two hours to gather my thoughts, get centered, and write before my phone alarm starts beeping to get my kid out the door or, in the case of of the quarantine, to get him ready for online school. So early quiet is serene. The solitude is heavenly. And there's less compulsion to check or answer email straight away because most people aren't even at their desk at that time. So those two hours are sacrosanct. And it's where I get the most bang for my buck. It's when I'm most alert, focused, and productive. Now, the added boon is that the rest of my day goes so much smoother. I get reams more accomplished. I'm more even-tempered throughout the day. I also sleep better. Now, if you're not accustomed to waking up early, no need to go full tilt right away. Start out waking 15 minutes earlier at a time. Your circadian rhythm will regulate and in due time, your body will naturally rise. Now, our morning is important because it sets the tone for the entire day. What you choose to do in your first hours can make or break it. So number one, do something that gives you deep joy. Number two, eat well, nourish your body. Number three, make sleep a priority. Number four, move your body. When we change our physiology, we change our minds. Movement gets our blood oxygenated and flowing and it loosens the neural pathways It infuses us with endorphins and produces a healthy surge of creative energy. Dance, go for a run, walk, do yoga, swim, anything to get the blood circulating. Writing takes a lot of energy. 
it's not really a passive activity at all. If we have sustained energy, we accomplish more in less time and we write better. Number five, quiet your mind. Look, Busyness is addictive. We're overstimulated. We're anxious. We're maxed out on this ever-growing to-do list. Stress begets more stress. Mindfulness meditation is a way of reining in runaway thoughts so that we can bring more quality of focus to everything we do. It clears space in the mind. And here's the science. Meditating as little as 10 minutes a day shuts off the amygdala, the fight or flight center of our brain, which still can't tell the difference between a saber-toothed tiger and a field mouse ripping through our pantry in the middle of the night. When the amygdala is activated, it shuts down the rest of the brain. It renders the creative hemisphere of our brain useless. Now, meditation doesn't have to be this spiritual yoga-esque visualization of golden light traveling up and down your spine to your third eye or lotus flowers opening in your heart chakra, although that can be nice too. It's more like a mini vacation from your mental chatter. So just pausing 10 minutes a day at your desk, connecting to your body, closing your eyes, tuning into the sounds around you and the sensations in your body, observing your breath, This pays off in a calmer, steadier, more efficient, creative mind. Even going for a walk after dinner can be meditative. Being near water is meditative. Listening to music is meditative. Yoga is meditative. So quieting the mind is deceptively challenging. It does take practice. My favorite app, for practicing meditation is Headspace, and you'll find the link on nancypinuccio.com. Now, writing flourishes when we're firing on all cylinders. It requires our full-on energy and focus. You are your greatest creative leverage. So practice impeccable self-care. Number one, Do what gives you deep joy. Do what delights you. Do it on a regular basis. Number two, eat healthy, more real food, less processed. Number three, make sleep a priority. Number four, move your body. Number five, quiet your mind. Thanks so very much for listening today. I hope these five tips help you replenish your energy and your writing. If this episode resonated with you, please leave a review. And if you haven't subscribed yet, hop on board. I come to you jam-packed every week with writing tips and techniques to help you write stories that matter to you and that matter to your readers. Keep writing, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.